15. I'm very uh, excited to join you this evening. 5 by 15 is, is quite special. It was always special, but I think in the time of pandemic, in the time of war, at a time when we're all being pulled in different directions and being pushed into boxes, these connections are all the more important. And I want to talk about connections. More specifically, I want to talk about trees, roots, uh, and how much we can learn from them. My, late, my new novel, uh, I want to share with you this very short dedication that it has at the very beginning. It is dedicated to immigrants and exiles everywhere, the uprooted, the rerooted, the rootless, and to the trees we left behind, rooted in our memories. And this is what I want to base this talk on. I think there is a direct relation between trees and memories. I have observed this a lot on both sides of the Atlantic, especially in immigrant families. People do have an emotional connection with the trees they have left behind. So I want to focus on this connection between trees, memories, and identity. How does it feel to be rooted, uprooted? Is it possible to find new roots in another place? All of these questions, they're not only intellectual issues for me, they're also quite emotional issues and they resonate with me personally as well. But I should tell you that um, my latest novel I have written about Cyprus. This is a story that takes place in two islands, both the UK and Cyprus. And as you know, as many of you who have been to the island already know, this is a beautiful place with beautiful people, north and south. But at the same time, it's a very difficult story to tackle because we're talking about a divided island. As we're speaking, there's a partition line that cuts across the island of Cyprus, which literally separates Christians from Muslims and Greek Cypriots from Turkish Cypriots. So it's drawn along religious lines and national lines or ethnic lines. And so the difficulty for me was, how do you even approach such a subject as a storyteller without yourself falling into the trap of nationalism or tribalism, especially in a place where the past is not a bygone affair, where the past is very much alive, you know, breathing within this present moment. How do you approach memory if there are conflicting and clashing memories and the past changes depending on whom you're talking to? And there are lots of untold stories and unhealed wounds. I struggled. I couldn't find an opening, an entrance into the story until I found a fig tree, which might sound uh, weird, but helped me to tell the story that I had in mind. So in many ways, I feel grateful to this fictional imaginary fig tree that partly narrates the book. Now, trees are important, roots are important, but also this theme of burial and unburial is important for me uh, to tell this story. There's a botanical technique that I observed several many immigrant families um, following, especially in cold cities like Chicago or Michigan. I have met immigrant families coming from all over the Mediterranean who are quite fond of their fig trees. If there's an um, extremely harsh winter, sometimes they bury their fig trees under the ground during those coldest weeks of the year. So these vertical trees become horizontal. You dig a trench under the ground, you prune the trees, 
um, and then you gently push them under the ground. They lose some of their roots and then you cover them and come next spring, you unbury them. I was very intrigued by this technique, but also the theme of burial and unburial is quite crucial in order to understand places that have experienced civil war and ethnic violence. In Cyprus, as you might know, there's a, there's a bicommunal organization called the Committee on Missing Persons. And I have a lot of respect for people who work for this committee, many of whom are volunteers, many of whom are young and uh, also women. There are lots of women working for this organization. And they come from all walks of life, all disciplines. And basically what they're doing is they're digging the ground to find the bones of the people who went missing during the time of troubles. And the reason why they're doing this is not because they want to revive old animosities, not because you know they want to dig into the past in that sense, just the opposite. They want to give the dead a proper burial. If there are any mass graves, they want to find the mass graves as well. Uh, and also they want to give the families a possibility for healing and closure. Because if we cannot remember, we cannot repair what's broken. And when we don't repair, we are bound to repeat sometimes the same mistakes over and over again. So finding the bones of people who went missing uh, is, a, is a crucial part of the healing of communities. And of course, this is not only important in Cyprus, it has been important in different parts of the world, such as in South America, in Guatemala, in Argentina, in Chile, uh, or in, civil, uh, in Spain after the civil war, in Bosnia after the genocide, and more recently after the Yazidi genocide across Iraq, there have been, and Syria, there have been families who are digging um, the ground to find the, the bones of their loved ones or their ancestors. So I'm very drawn to this theme of burial, unburial. How do we as writers find those buried stories, untold stories? Now, as, when I started this talk, I said that we have a lot to learn from trees. Um, I think they help us to think about roots in a completely different way. We always think of roots as something that is buried in the ground and quite st static, but in fact, they're not like that and they don't have to be like that. Um, there's a fascinating legend about the baobab tree, which is when you look at it, it's almost like an upside down tree with roots almost like up in the air. And to me, this is important because I am someone who likes to think about multiple belongings. Is it possible to learn from multiple places? Is it possible to have a multiplicity of identities rather than a single thread of identity? Just like when you cut down or when you look at a tree trunk, you will see circles widening. I think it's possible to think of identity in a similar way. So rather than um, believing in monolithic identities, I want to think of fluid, multiple belongings. And there's a um, Greek philosopher, uh, I want to leave you with this thought, uh, Hieroglis, who wrote about this long time ago. He mentioned that um, you have you know, attachments to your family, your local town, your country, but then as, as those attachments grow and grow, you're also a citizen of humanity a citizen of the world. So I just want to leave you with that image. Instead of thinking of identity as something that is static, instead of thinking of roots as something that is necessarily buried in one place, is it possible to think of them in more 
concentric circles in more fluid terms and celebrate the multiplicity, the pluralism, the multitudes that we all have as human beings.